G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. How many of you would be willing to leave your comfort zone and let God use you? When's the last time you did something for the first time? Pastor Greg Laurie invites us to make ourselves available for service to God. God is looking for people to use. Someone who would not be embarrassed or afraid and would just take that little bit of risk. Why don't you step out of your comfort zone and see what the Lord will do through you. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins Now just imagine if Henry Ford was satisfied with the horse and buggy or if Steve Jobs thought the flip phone was good enough. These men helped change their world. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that God wants us to be outside our comfort zone to change our world. It's not about nations or cars or phones. It's about letting God use us to impact people with an eternal message. You know, when I became a Christian, I was amazed to realize that God would forgive someone like me, that he would change me, that he had a plan for my life. But then when I heard that God actually wanted to use me, I thought, but what do I bring to the table? I'm not some great academic. I'm not a musician. I'm not a super talented person. I'm not an orator. I'm just a kid. I'm a 17-year-old kid with not a lot to offer to God. I felt a little bit like that boy with the loaves and the fishes that Jesus called on and took what he had and multiplied it. So to think that God could use me was an amazing thing. And I heard that I should be out telling people about Christ. And I'd been a believer for about two weeks. So I thought I'd give it a go. And I found a lady sitting on the beach in Newport Beach about the age of my mom and I thought she might be nice to me, you know. And I walked up to her and my voice was shaking and I was so nervous. And and I engaged her in a conversation about Jesus. I'm sure I made a mess of it. But much to my shock and delight, when I asked her if she would like to accept Christ into her life, she said yes. I'm telling you, if that lady had asked me one hard question, I would have collapsed like a deck of cards. Thankfully, she did not. And so then I was thinking, well, I want to do this more. I want God to use me in other ways. But I had this secret fear that God was going to call me to speak publicly. And like most people, I had the fear of public speaking. In fact, when they do surveys and ask people what they're most afraid of, the fear of public speaking always comes out in the top three, sometimes even above death itself. Imagine, okay, you have a choice, die or give a speech. Kill me right now. How many of you have a fear of public speaking? Raise your hand up. Okay, sir, I want you to come up now and speak. 
No, okay. That'd be terrifying, wouldn't it? Well, I had that fear too. And the first time I did it, I'll just say this. God gave me what I need when I needed it. Uh, God won't give you what you need before you need it. He'll never give you what you need after you need it, but He will always give you what you need when you need it. And so I think we need to understand that God wants to use us. And so here's my question. How many of you would like to be used by God? Raise your hand up. Don't do it if you don't mean it. No, don't do it if you don't mean it. Now all of you did not raise your hand. And that's disappointing. But um, <laughs> maybe you'll change your mind after you hear the rest of my message. Because the greatest joy I know, next to being a Christian, is being used by God. If it's in a big way, if it's in a small way, I just love it. It might be a one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone and I'm able to just share a little something that helps them or points them to Christ and sometimes it's more dramatic than that or praying for somebody or whatever it might be. What a privilege it is. And I'm asking you today, how many of you would be willing to leave your comfort zone and let God use you? To take it to the next level, so to speak, in the Christian life? Or are you satisfied with where you're at right now? Because I think for God to use someone, there needs to be a sense of dissatisfaction, meaning that I want to do more with my life. I don't think I'm doing as much as I could do, and I want the Lord to use me. God is looking for people to use. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 22, the Lord says, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't destroy the land, but I found none. Think about that, the Lord's just looking, and right now I believe in the same way. He's just looking, saying, is there someone I could use? Someone that could stand in the gap? Someone who could speak up for me? Someone who would not be embarrassed or afraid and would just take that little bit of risk and let me speak through them? A years ago, God called a young man named D.L. Moody, uh, Dwight Lyman Moody. Uh, Moody was not an educated man. He was not an eloquent man. He was working in a shoe store. And he had a coworker that wanted to share the gospel with Moody, which he did. And Moody became a believer. So after that, Moody felt a call in his life to start sharing the gospel. And the thing that prompted Moody was a statement from someone who said, Moody, the world is yet to see what God can do in and through the man who is fully consecrated to him. Moody said, I want to be that man. So Moody went from selling souls to saving souls. <laughs> Remember, he worked in the shoe store. And he was used powerfully to touch thousands, even millions of people. And God is still looking for a man or a woman that he could work through who is fully committed to him. Listen to this. Everybody has a pulpit. Now I know I have a kind of cool pulpit here. It lights up and everything, right? Uh, but you have a pulpit too. Wherever you are, you have a pulpit. It, it might be the people you run into when you get your morning cappuccino or latte. Uh, it might be the people that are around you at work. It's people in your family, people in your neighborhood, people that you influence. That's your platform and you have your pulpit. I received a really encouraging letter from a school teacher who wrote me recently and said, Dear Pastor Greg, I'm a high school teacher in a pretty tough area. As a public school teacher, I have to find creative ways of witnessing to students and sharing the love of Jesus with them because Jesus is a very foreign concept 
to many of the students here. Look what this teacher did now. He says, so I decided to give the students some extra credit uh, if they would go to the Harvest Crusade over the weekend. Then they were to come back and do a one-page write-up and they'd get extra credit for them. So that's what they did. The teacher says, I'm very happy to report that a few of the students gave their lives to Jesus and several were asking me questions, which is an amazing opportunity to plant more seeds. The crusade got many of the students thinking about things they never hear about in their homes. My prayers for those that saw the crusade and haven't made that decision will make that decision, but no matter what, I'll keep in contact with these kids and continue to be a witness to them. Now that is a guy that's using his pulpit, right? You don't have to be a preacher to use a pulpit. You can be a, you can be a rapper. How about Kanye West? <laughs> huh? Now Kanye West has released an album with the title, Jesus is King. That's pretty overt. And he's saying he's a follower of Jesus Christ now. I read in an interview, quote, he said, my job, this is Kanye speaking, is to spread the gospel and let people know what Jesus has done for me. He says, I've spread a lot of things. There was a time when I was letting you know what high fashion had done for me. I was letting you know what the Hennessy had done for me. I was letting you know all these things, but now I'm letting you know what Jesus has done for me. And in that, I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son now. I'm a son of God. I'm free, end quote. That's, that's nice. Kanye was being interviewed by uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, Jimmy said, so Kanye, do you consider yourself a Christian artist now? Kanye said, hey, I'm just a Christian everything. That's right. That's right. Now some would say, well, I, I don't know. Is he really a Christian? How about this? Pray for him. Pray that he gets grounded in his faith. Pray that he's the seed sown on good ground that brings forth much fruit. Listen, I applaud any person that makes any movement toward God. And I want to encourage them in that, not critique them about that. And I think it's fantastic because he's taking his considerable platform and he has quite a platform, doesn't he? To talk about faith. It has people talking about Jesus. I'm happy for that conversation. People that wouldn't normally be talking about the Lord. We all have a pulpit to preach from. No matter who we are, no matter what we do. Glad you've joined us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, USA. And he's speaking on a message today called God Enough. He's talking about the privilege and responsibility that we all have to share the good news. Well, some of us just don't want to do this. So we make up excuses. What is an excuse? An excuse? It's a fancy lie. That's all it is. An excuse is what I offer up when I don't really want to do something. Uh, it's been described as the skin of a reason stuffed with a lie. It's also been defined as a fancy lie all dressed up for dinner, right? It's all it is. And I bring that up because we're looking at Moses now. 
And we're looking at the excuses he offered to God as to why he could not be used by the Lord. So let's sort of backtrack and then come back to where we last left off. Okay, so Moses, right? He was spared by the Lord. And he was put in that little basket and taken into the court of Pharaoh and raised by the daughter of Pharaoh, the princess of Egypt. Uh, the ancient Jewish historian Josephus felt that, that Moses would have become the Pharaoh himself. And Moses had everything that the court of Egypt offered. He had cool guy liner on. You know how the Egyptians had the little <laughs> mascara and all that, right? He had all the cool Egyptian moves. He walked like an Egyptian for sure. <laughs> he had all the royal robes, but underneath that finery beat the heart of a Jew. And he saw how his fellow Jews were being mistreated. And one day he decided to take matters into his own hands and he saw uh, an Egyptian slave driver mistreating a Jewish slave and he looked to the right and he looked to the left and he killed the guy and buried him in the sand. If you're gonna kill someone, don't bury them in the sand. Because the sand shifts and his deed was known and the Pharaoh discovered it and effectively put a contract out on the life of Moses. So Moses fled and went to the backside of the desert. He probably thought he was done. He was now 80 years old watching a flock of sheep and suddenly there's a bush that will not stop burning and the voice of God comes to him through the bush and the Lord says, I've seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters and I know their sorrows. And then the Lord says, I'm calling you to go and deliver those people. Moses is saying, ah, not me. I don't think I'm the right guy. So he offers excuses. Here's excuse number one, if you're taking notes. He said, I am not deserving to be used by God. I am not deserving to be used by God. Exodus 3.11. Who am I, says Moses, to appear before Pharaoh? How can you expect me to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? Now he does have a point. I mean, if you were God, would you have picked Moses? In some ways he was a has-been, a failure, an embarrassment, even worse, a murderer who was running from the law. He was a fugitive. And now he's an 80-year-old dude who's been out in the sun. His day is done. There's no more, he's retirement age. He's beyond retirement age. And the Lord says, yeah, I think you're just about the right guy I could use at this moment. Moses moves slower now. He's more reticent, apprehensive, cautious, I don't think I'm the one, Lord. You can't use me. Excuse number two, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. Look at Exodus 3.12. Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors that sent me to you, they won't believe me. They'll ask, which God are you talking about? What is his name? What should I tell them? God replied, I am who I am. Just tell them I am has sent me to you. I love that. So Moses says, oh, who shall I say sent me? The Lord says, I am who I am. So Moses is effectively saying, who am I? The Lord says, forget about that. I am who I am. It's not about you, Moses. It's about me. Moses is saying, I don't have all the answers. God is saying, but you have all of me. And I will be with you. See, God will give you what you need. Jesus said, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go into all the world and make disciples and preach the gospel. Have you ever noticed that connection? 
Before he tells us what we're supposed to do, he tells us who he is. I have all power, I have authority, you go therefore, because I am in you, and I will speak through you, and I will work through you. And then Moses says, excuse number three, I'm not a good speaker. Uh, Exodus 4.10 now, next chapter. Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm, I'm just not a good speaker. I never have been and I'm not now. Even after you have spoken to me, I'm clumsy with words. Now it's interesting because commentators have different opinions as to what this means when he says he's a clumsy speaker. Some suggest that maybe he just didn't feel he had the right way of communicating. He was not um, a skilled orator. Others think he might have been speaking of a speech impediment. Uh, the King James translation is, I'm slow of speech and tongue. So some think that Moses may have had a problem with stuttering. Uh, this reminds me of uh, Jack Hibbs, Pastor Jack Hibbs. And how many of you have heard of Pastor Jack Hibbs? Uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. He used to have a very severe stuttering problem. And uh, so anyway, Jack came to Christ in a funny way. It's not funny, but it's interesting. It reminds me of myself a little. He was out driving around with some buddies, and he saw a car full of cute girls, so they followed them into a parking lot of a church. He didn't know it was a church. It was Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa. He walked in. I happened to be preaching that night. And at the end of my message, I gave the invitation, and Jack gave his life to Christ. And then he sensed that the Lord wanted to use him, but he had this stuttering problem. And he would be so nervous whenever he would think of talking to anyone. So he would go out with his Christian friends who would be sharing the gospel, and he said, I can't do that, I'll stutter. But one day, and I asked him about this, so he texted me, and this, these are his words. He said, one night on Lido Island, I saw someone, and I felt an overwhelming burden to go speak to them and share the gospel. When I opened my mouth, I was healed of stuttering in that instant, and I've never stuttered since then. I love that. So you just say, okay, I'm not gonna be defined by this problem. I'm gonna step out of this comfort zone and I'm gonna see what the Lord will do. Listen, the future belongs to risk takers, not mere ground holders, and it certainly doesn't belong to those that sit around and critique people that are willing to do something outside of the box. Why don't you step out of your comfort zone and see what the Lord will do through you? And so Moses says, I can't do this, Lord. I, I'm just not the guy. And then he says, excuse four, number four, I'm not qualified. He said, Lord, send anyone else. This can almost sound humble. Oh, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm just too humble. In fact, I'm so humble, I dropped the H. I'm just humble. I'm humble. You know what you are? You're disobedient. That's not humility. If God says, I want to use you, and you say no, that's not humility. That's disobedient. And the fact that he says, Lord, he says actually in verse uh, 13, oh Lord, send someone else. Well, what do you mean, oh Lord? You don't say no, Lord. You say, yes, Lord. Otherwise, is he really Lord? If he's Lord, you obey him. Pastor Greg Laurie pointing out how important it is to heed God's call to stand up and speak out for Him. 
Great encouragement today on A New Beginning from the message, God Enough. Well, tomorrow, Pastor Greg points out that no matter how unqualified we might feel, we're fully qualified to be used of God. We'll see God isn't concerned about your ability, only your availability. Join us the same time tomorrow for A New Beginning. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called God Enough. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.